Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. Well, Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. You know, the question I ask myself is how far am I willing to go with that command? Well, God is looking for me to go all the way and trust him. And that's what I saw in the movie when I watched his only son. You know, here we have a movie that's about Abraham's journey when God asked him to sacrifice his own son. He was willing to pick up his cross at that time and go all the way to the point of sacrificing his son on Mount Moriah. And so today on In Awe by Bruce, we have David Helling, who wrote and directed the movie, His Only Son, being released at the end of the month in the theaters. And the film recounts the story of Abraham taking that infamous walk, but also looking at everything he reviews in his life about what God has done and how God has worked to bring him that point. I, I found it a very powerful and emotional movie when you look at all the things in Christian life and you ask yourself those questions, what would I do? And here we have Abraham doing it. So I'd like to welcome David to In Awe by Bruce. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Bruce. I appreciate you letting me be here. Before I get into the movie, can you tell us what brought you to this point in your life? You know, how did you come here? Well, I mean, that's a long story and a long journey. I grew up in a Christian home uh, and asked Jesus into my heart, quote unquote, at the age of eight. But I really was just kind of living morally for moral sake throughout high school and joined the Marine Corps at 18. Well, I actually joined at 17, but then shipped off at 18 after high school and did that for five years, spent some time in Iraq. And whenever I was in Iraq, the Lord really got a hold of my heart and drew me to his word and opened my eyes to the truth of the gospel through reading it. And the word came alive to me. And I saw the depth of my own sin and what it really meant that Christ died for my sins, that he lived the perfect life. Whenever God's standard is holiness and we fall short, God himself came and lived that holy life and gave his own life up for us and conquered death, the penalty of our sin. And the proof of that conquering is that he rose from the grave. And then we have life now in faith only in that, by faith only in that. And so I wanted to show people that those accounts that we read in Scripture are absolutely true. And there are a lot of people that are like me that don't read the Bible and don't have a desire to read the Bible. And if, if I could do these films to open people's eyes to the truth of the Word, that it might spark a hunger mm. for them to be driven to the Word and have their eyes open to the truth of the gospel as mine were. So that's been a heart cry of mine since I was in Iraq to do these biblical films. And it's been a long journey of doing many, many short films, starting in film school in San Francisco, starting all these little short films of where I had to sew my own costumes and do all my own visual effects and did that for about 10 years until I had to start on this feature film about five and a half years ago. And even in the feature film, the budget constraints required me to sew almost all the costumes and do all of the visual effects. And wow. so it's been a long, long journey because it's, it's taken a lot to get here. It's been the hardest years of my life by far. But here we are. Now it's going out across the country in over 1,800 screens, and it's going around the world in many countries at the end of this month. 
And in next month, it's going to be even even more countries. In the following month, it's going to be in even more countries. And so it's just amazing to see the Lord go far beyond and do far beyond in anything I can ask or think. Oh, praise God. That's got to be motivating to to see after all this that that God comes through with what you know was really on your heart. Yeah, it's uh, it's you just got to stand in awe of His grace because you know you don't deserve it, hmm. and uh, and He just keeps lavishing on His His mercy and His grace over and over again. And you think <laughs> like, oh, certainly you know I've now sinned one too many times, and now He's going to take it all away. But nope, He. He is using all of the struggle, all of the pain, all of the trial, and the waiting for his good and for his good purpose. So uh, it's uh, and for my good. And uh, yeah, it's it's awesome to see it all come together. One more question before we go into some things with the movie. If this isn't too personal, was Mm -hmm. there something or anything that happened to you specifically that that drove you back to the Lord or reading the Bible or things that you saw over in Iraq? It was just kind of a hodgepodge of um, just where I was at, mm-hmm. um, my time alone, and dealing with being confronted with just going to toe to toe with the sin in my own life. Yeah, because where I was at, I was in, I was, you know, I spent some time in Ramadi, and then we moved, my team moved from Ramadi to Al Takedam is an air base, but it's right next to this little town of Havania, which is between Ramadi and Fallujah. And, and I was in uh, one of Saddam Hussein's old missile bunkers, me and my four-man team. We had a couple of uh, civilian interpreters we were working with as well. And um, and we mm-hmm. so we pretty much lived there, and I worked at night a lot. And there was a lot of time of just being alone and mm-hmm. meditating on what I was doing there, what was going on, and what was going on there 25, 2600 years ago, because this is the edge of Babylon. This is where Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taken into captivity. And it's like, here they were far from home. And here I was far from home in this land that was totally different. So yeah, the Lord just kind of used all that and sparked a hunger for his word. And now here we are almost 15 years later. Wow. Um, As you uh, were looking at things and what to do and all your time that you've been doing the shorts and everything, how did it come down to you picking Abraham? What drove it to that story? Well, I actually had these, so I was doing all these short films, and and my church caught wind of it, and they had me start doing these short films for their annual Christmas production. And I had this idea for a short of like, wow, what would it be like to kind of explore the uh, Abraham and Isaac walking up Mount Moriah, just walking up the hill, and Abraham is remembering all the promises of God as he's having to go and lay down his son, and how he comes to terms with that. And I was like, Huh, because I wanted to, especially being in film school in San Francisco yeah. and having a lot of non-believing friends, and one of the biggest point of contention uh, that I've seen from my non-believing friends is this account in Scripture where the Lord tested Abraham by asking him to sacrifice his son or give his son up for a burnt offering. This is something that I've seen time and time again where non-believers will look at me or look at others and, uh, and say, oh, you worship a God who will do that. Oh, yeah, the man who... God who would tell a man to kill his own son. That's the God you worship. And so I found that that was a, an ongoing kind of point of contention for non-believers. But from believers, for the most part, it seems like there's oftentimes it's a sticky point for them that they don't really know how to answer. And so to explore this and dig into Scripture 
and look at the whole counsel of God and mm. what the Lord was doing in that and what he was pointing to in taking this man out of paganism and saying, I'm going to make a nation out of you. But before he did make a nation out of him, he gave him this memorial stone of sorts of this event in his life that would echo through the generations for 2,000 years until God himself gave his only son mm. upon Mount Moriah for the sins of all those who believe. Mm. So to show this to people, to give an answer to the scoffers and to give uh, an answer to the believers, to give to the scoffers, edify the body, and hopefully share the gospel with the lost. That is why I wanted to do this film. I tell you, that's beautiful. And I, I think you did a fabulous job of it. And I can tell you Thank that you. already, I talked to people over the weekend and people are already well aware of the movie and looking forward to it. So that's, that's really exciting. Wow. There's a buzz. Building. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Wow. That's and, awesome. Uh, that's, it, I thought that was really cool. I mean, I'd start to say it and people go, oh yeah, I saw the thing for that. Like, okay, that's great. Wow. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I know just for myself, I've got two boys and I, I've always looked at that and thought, oh my gosh, if I had to take one of them up, the struggles, you know, that you got Isaac in that beautiful naivety, but yet he's got that faith that he looking at his dad going, dad, where, where's the sacrifice? Just like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. So talking to the, to Christians, tell people ahead of time, maybe what's the biggest point that you draw from God asking Abraham to do this, that they can take away that assures them that he's the, a loving God versus an evil, mean God. Mm. Love and the hard things go hand in hand from a good father. The Lord disciplines those whom he loves, and it is for the peaceable fruit of righteousness, right? And he is the vine. Christ is the vine. We are the branches. All who don't bear good fruit, he plucks away and casts into the fire. But the branches that do bear fruit, he prunes so they can bear more fruit. Pruning is painful, and he's also the refining father who refines like gold in a furnace. The refiner's fire burns. It's hot. So you've got pruning. You've got cutting. You've got hot heat, discipline from the Lord, because we are in the flesh from the moment that we are adopted into his family and become his son or daughter through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit at our salvation. From that point on, the sanctification process begins and the Spirit, it says, you know, at the end of Romans 8, is able to give life to our members. Mm -hmm. That's our flesh, but we're still in this dead flesh. And so the way that the Lord makes us into that image of Christ that we are to bear before the world is through hardship. It's through taking, you know, if you're not willing to leave father and mother, you're not worthy of him. Mm -hmm. If you're not whether to, willing to leave house and if you don't hate all these more than me, you're not worthy of me. You know, just paraphrasing what Christ is saying mm -hmm. uh, during his ministry. So are you willing to, as you said at the top of the show, mm -hmm. deny yourself, take up your cross daily mm -hmm. and follow him? You die to self. And when we're not, because our natural disposition is to not die to self, <laughs> is, to, is to make ourselves very, very well alive and comfortable. Yeah. And so how does the Lord do that to train us out of that? It's by discipline. Just like, just like a loving father, you know, you spare the rod, spoil the child. Just like a, a good personal trainer, you want to get in shape. You're going to have to go hard over and over 
and over and over. Even Paul talks about, you know, he had to beat his body into submission, bring it under subjection to Christ. Mm-hmm. It's all a part of because when we're in Christ, we are now not, we're no longer of the world. And so we are behind enemy lines and we have to be in shape. We have to be in shape to bear that banner of Christ for the kingdom. And so God lovingly whips us into shape. I like to say, and that's something that I want people, and it's encouraging that you've seen the film and hopefully you, this resonates with you and hopefully this, well, you see this, but but one thing the Lord was doing in the life of Abraham so clearly in Genesis 22 was pointing to the ultimate only son that was laid down mm. for the sins of those who believe. Mm. But also you see in the whole life of Abraham is his waiting on the promises of God and he didn't even see it. He saw, well, Christ says, you know, in, in John 8, that, you know, Abraham rejoiced to see his day. He saw it and was glad, as in uh, Christ's day. It was like Hebrews 11, that Abraham was looking for a city that yes. its foundation is in God, or paraphrasing there. Anyway, he's looking for that heavenly city. And he was going on the promise that he would have descendants as numerous as the stars. He would have a nation. He would have a seed through whom all the nations there would be blessed. And that he would inherit the land. Well, he died with a son. So he had Ishmael, Isaac, and six other sons after Sarah died. But he had one son of promise. And the only land that he had was land enough to bury him and his wife. That was the fulfillment of the promise to what he could see. But Mm -hmm. by faith, he saw so much more. And oftentimes, we're fooled into thinking that there is a a life that we're going to get our best life now, that we're going to get everything that we want right now if you just follow Jesus. And that's so often not the case. Christ promised us tribulation. Mm -hmm. Paul tells Timothy that all who desire to live godly will suffer persecution. And I want people to take from this is that in the suffering, in the hardship, life is hard. And when you're in Christ, it's even harder because your flesh and the whole world is at opposition to your new spiritual nature. And so to look at this and be like, and be reminded that it's hard, but Christ the Lord with us, God with us, that Emmanuel, he is that very present help in trouble. He is our refuge and our strength. And that just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how he could have rescued them from the fire, but he had them go through the fire so that the world could see Christ with them in the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is our life in Christ. And, and hopefully, as we go through our hard times, this film stands as a reminder and just, yeah, a nice, sweet, cool, refreshing reminder mm-hmm. of um, that the Lord has a purpose in every single struggle that we have. He's writing something good in it for all those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. Oh, that's great. Thanks. Yeah. It, isn't it funny that uh, as we die, we actually live. And yeah. and our view is that, no, like you were saying, if we just hang on to these things that we've got here in this world and God's saying, no, you really want to live? Those things actually bring death. Come do what I'm asking you to do and you will live. You'll you'll experience yeah. something inside that, that is worth so much more than these things that surround us right here. It's just amazing. You can see why John the Baptist said, I've got to decrease and he has to increase. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, let me ask you one other side of this then. You know, you were talking about the people you work with that that don't believe and some of the things they scoff about. Has any of those people or anybody you've been around that is not a believer seen your movie yet and made any comments? 
or will that happen after you release it, you think? So I was talking about scoffers, sort of like people that I was in film school with and other non-believers, um, yeah. non-believing friends that I've come across over the 15 years of doing this. There were non-believers. Actually, most of who worked on the film were non-believers, um, which I, I actually love because it, it makes for great gospel conversations. But you could see how actually one great affirmation from one of the people on set, uh, she's one of the crew on set. I'm not going to say what role she was, just to kind of keep it. So she was from a foreign country that does not hold or do much with scripture. And she said, but she had taken a couple of classes in school, like about the Bible or whatever. And, um, and she told me that after watching the scenes play out while on set, she said, she said, I've, I've heard this before. I've seen things about the Bible, but I never really, she's like, it's like, and I realized today that this is real people. This is real people. <sighs> and I was like, praise the Lord, because that was, that was literally when we were shooting this in the summer of 2019, it was almost a decade to the month that I was in Iraq praying that I would be able to illustrate these accounts mm. so that others would see that this was real people in real history in real God's plan of redemption. And so that was just such a sweet affirmation from the Lord about like, hey, look, what you had on your heart as a desire, that was my desire, and now it's being fulfilled. And so uh, that was something really sweet. And I, there's a number of non-believers yeah. Even agnostics that have seen it, uh, actually one recently, so he was a huge film buff. Yeah. And he watched the movie, and after he saw the movie, he saw it on the big screen, and he said, that is easily in my top 20 favorite films of all time. And this is a big film buff, and he's an agnostic. And he, like, was tears in his eyes. And so I've seen it resonate with people, and I don't know how, because yeah. it's the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, the ripples that it's making right now, this is a humble little film. Like I said, I mean... And I'll, I'm going to say it in the theatrical version. Angel has me put up a, a message before the film that yeah. talks about a little bit about but my background and, and talks about how, you know, the average theatrical film is $50 million, like yeah. the average. And obviously Marvel and the big, big budget movies kind of bloat that average. But his only son, the hard cost of his only son, like the hard money spent on it yeah. was less than a quarter of a million dollars. So, but I mean, like, so I had to do, I mean, like I said, I sewed most of the costumes myself. And for the last, since we shot it, I've been working on the full post and doing all this miniature work. Like I built 24 model tents and like styrofoam walls of Hebron and, and, and doing all this green screen work of putting people in the background, putting tents in the background of things. So there's a lot of fire in the movie, like campfires and like the yeah. torch that Abraham carries. None of that was filmed on site because we were filming in California and, and permits would have been so expensive. We would have had to have the fire department there. And so we just had to pretend like there was fire and use lighting to make it look like it was fire. And then all the fire I shot here in Texas and had to put that into each and every one of the shots. So it took years to get the visual effects done for this film. For a long time, I had to see because I started this film the same time as Dallas started The Chosen, and I've known Dallas since before The Chosen, but we were starting this at the same time. And to watch watch how The Chosen has grown into this global phenomenon, it was yeah. like, I had to tell him, even a couple of years ago, I said, brother, I've had to check my pride and just be like, okay, if the Lord is going to bless this and the work that he's doing and his only son has already been done just through the script and people reading the script, then I gotta say, praise the Lord mm. anyway. I need to pray 
diligently for Dallas and for Amanda and for their for their ministry through the chosen. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that it was just no, it was all in the Lord's perfect timing. The Lord made the chosen this global phenomenon, and then here Angel Studios saw His only Son as a finished film and wanted it, and they put it before their their guild process, and it was like which is thousands of their investors. And it came out with one of the highest scores that has ever been garnered from their guild system. And they were like, we want to do this as a theatrical release, and which was, I mean, as an Easter theatrical, which was a prayer of mine while I was even writing the script, which is so such an outlandish prayer to have this humble little film be a, a wide theatrical release on a holiday. And it's going around the world, and I was praying for that. And here it's all answered. So to see... No, the Lord, like what I thought was like, maybe the Lord's just crushing it and keeping it from happening, and it's for his purpose. And then no, just to see that he was holding off for such a time as this, like where you have season three of The Chosen ending. The Chosen already is this vehicle that then Angel Studios is able to put his only son like on the same rails, and people are like, oh, look at this one. (laughs) Like it's like it's like already traveling down the same tracks. And then you've got this, and then you've got Jesus Revolution in theaters across the country, across the world, and you've got what's going on in colleges across America, and you've got Christ on the mouth and minds of all kinds of secular media outlets. And and right here in time for Easter, when we're coming out of these dark years of COVID, and it's like, man, Lord, you could not. I could have never planned anything like that, and it's far beyond anything I can ask or think, and here we are. And I just can't wait to see what the Lord does with it for the sake of his kingdom and how it ministers to people, man. It's it's incredible. Amen. So true. Maybe you could just tell people real quick about the, the main characters in the story, their background, because, you know, the guy that plays Abraham, he's pretty well known over in the Middle East, right? He's a Lebanese guy that very yeah. well known as an actor. And I thought that was great. So maybe just a little quick ditty on them. So it's actually pretty interesting. A lot of the casting happened, I mean, you know, the traditional way, because I cast the film as well as the casting director and made all the actor breakdowns and casting posts, and they would submit, and then we would go and see them audition in Los Angeles. And But with Nicola Mowad, who plays Abraham, yeah, he's one of the Middle East's biggest TV stars. I mean, he's huge over there. And this was his first English language or American film at the time when he was shooting it. And I found him because we had about 1,700 applicants that uh, for the role of Abraham, and not one of them fit the part. I, I didn't have – just no one fit. And so my producing partner came in one day, and this is in the fall of 2018, and he's like, you know, if we don't cast the role of Abraham this week, we're going to have to push the film. And, uh, and I was like, oh, man. And so I just started praying. I was like, Lord, you know who Abraham is, and you know who you've declared to play Abraham. So please just send me to the right person. And so I just opened up IMDb, the website, uh, International Movie Database. And it's got like every actor listed down there. And I just started scrolling through faces of Middle Eastern men. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, okay, I like this guy's face. I like this guy's. It got about six guys and sent the list of six to my producing partner. I said, can you get reads from these guys? Well, Nicola comes back. And he's like, oh, I'd love to read for this. He's like, I read my Bible every day. And he like, he sent a phone video audition. And it was literally exactly how I had imagined when I wrote the film. It was, I'm talking about like even pauses and breaths and intonation and hand mannerisms. This is Abraham. And I was like, cast him immediately. And so I got on the phone with him 
And I was like, man, I let me tell you how much of a blessing this is. I said, you knocked it out of the park. And I was telling him all that. And he said, I was asking a friend of mine out of France. It's a director friend out of Paris. And he said, how do I get more international gigs? And he said, you have to make an IMDb page. And I was like, well, what's an IMDb page? And so he's like, I, I procrastinated and I procrastinated and I put it off. And, and then finally, I made my IMDb page. And the next day, Roman emailed me <laughs> and about this movie. And I'm wow. Yeah, you could just see the way that the Lord had orchestrated the whole thing. And just the answer to prayer that he was, and he really, I mean, you've seen the movie. He just yeah. knocks it out of the park. Oh. Um, it, and it's just, it's amazing because, I mean, he's, he's Arab, Phoenician, whatever you want to say as far as, you know, he's Lebanese, Christian. And then you've got Sarah Saeed, who plays Sarah, and she is Persian. And then you've got Idan Moskowitz. Both of his parents immigrated from Israel uh -huh. to the United States. And so you've got within this Abrahamic family, you've got like all these tendrils of the Middle East and the Abrahamic faiths. And it's wild how all of that came together. That's great. Uh, and it's just, it's just the hand of the Lord was mm -hmm. all over it. And you've seen their performances, both of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Abraham, you know, Abraham and, and Sarah, and just I, I like to tell them like <laughs> they're the two pillars that this film like stands on. Obviously, it's built on Christ, but they're so much of the the emotional weight of the film rides on their performances and i just could not have done it i i could not have like the lord brought these it's all yes. him and uh yeah it's amazing to see how it all came about that's what made it hit so home when i was watching it and know that it will hit home for other people just the emotions and the way that you wrote it out and played the story i thought it was so good doing the trip that abraham has but yet looking back on all the different things and Sarah's reaction. Mm. I don't know. It's just, it's just fabulous. So before we go, anything else uh, people should know or need to know, or because we'll put this out before the movie. So uh, anything that would be helpful for them to find out more or learn more? Yeah, you can get tickets right now when they're listening to it at angel.com slash sun. If they go there, they type in their zip code and they'll be able to see theaters that are in their area. And if they don't see theaters in their area, there'll be an option for them to request theaters because we're going to be in 1,800 screens across the United States starting March 31st and even actually the night of the 30th. This is a wide release. This isn't a Fathom release where it's a one, two night event. This is a wide theatrical and it'll keep running as long as people are watching it. But the key is you have to go and fill the theaters on opening weekend and even opening night because those early numbers sends a message, not only to theaters that, hey, you need to keep this film in the theater, but it sends a message to the Hollywood trade magazines, you know, like the, the Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, Variety. They'll start reporting at the beginning of the weekend, if they see big numbers Thursday night, they'll yeah. start reporting and saying this little film, his only son, this little Bible film is making these crazy numbers. And what that's going to do is all these people that look at those magazines that wouldn't have ever heard of his only son mm -hmm. will then have the incentive to be like, oh, wow. And it's Easter time. Oh, I'm going to go check out what this is all about. You know, it's just kind of the, you know, it's in the air already, you know, like how, how movies do during Christmas. People are just more mindful of the things of the Lord. And now this Easter season, but it's different than any other Easter season because we've been seeing all these things happen over the over the coming months. It's just a full thrust in people being mindful of the things of the Lord. And uh, so, yeah, so anyway, so get tickets now at angel.com slash sun and let's fill the theaters on opening weekend. It means a lot for the longevity of the project in theaters. Okay, cool. Well, 
David, thank you so much. Been great yes, sir, Mr. Bruce. Yeah. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, God bless you. And you know what? I don't know if we can do this, but uh, you know, maybe somewhere a month or two afterwards or three or something, it'd be great to talk to you again, if that's okay, um, and see how- I'm fine with that. Works. So yes, yeah, so do that. I would love that. Um, just okay. see the impact of what it's having. Hopefully there is one, but man, the Lord's taking it this far. This is not, this is not man's doing to get it yes. right. I tell you that right now. It is absolutely not. And so because of that, because it is so clearly the Lord doing it right now, yeah. it's like, man, Lord, I can't wait to see what is he going to do to the fullest in, in the <laughs> next couple of weeks. Yeah. So we'll see. So as we say goodbye, I guess I want to tell anybody listening, this is the perfect opportunity to pray for this movie to have the effect that it's intended to have, that God wants it to have, and that we need to pray it, not yes, just up please. to it, but all through it and keep it going. Yes, please. That's yeah, that's what I like ask everybody as far as pray not only yeah, for the film's impact and for the heart of all those who will see it, mm-hmm. because that the soil would be fertile. Because this isn't just going out across the country, it's going out across the world. I mean, we're in New Zealand, Australia, and I've heard that that like ticket sales are actually really doing well over there already. It's going to be in Canada. Spanish territories are, are asking for it. It's going to be in Puerto Rico. They've already got it dubbed in Portuguese. It's coming out in Lebanon on April 6th in theaters in the Middle East. Yeah. And so it's like to see what the Lord can do with this, let's pray so that we see and we'll be mindful of seeing the Lord's hand at work, and then we can glorify him all the more. Oh, man, that is excellent. David, God bless you. God bless you, too. See all that happens. I appreciate it. Thank you. So you have a great day. Thank you. You too, Bruce.